You're listening to The Lively Show, episode 200. Welcome to The Lively Show. I'm your host, Jess Lively, and this blogcast is designed to uplift, inspire, and add a little extra intention to your everyday. Welcome to the show, guys. Thank you so much, as always, for listening. Today's episode is sponsored by Squarespace.com. To try out Squarespace for free, go over to squarespace.com slash lively for your free 14-day trial and enter the code lively at checkout to get 10% off of your service. At the end of this episode, we'll be speaking with Catherine of CatherineEliseStudio.com about her experience with the service. Today, guys, thank you so much for listening. As always, I say that This is episode 200, so whether this is your first episode of The Lively Show or your 200th episode, thank you for being with me. Thank you for sharing in this. The Lively Show is now three years old, and so much has happened since the show began, including the fact that my voice has changed pretty dramatically. So if you go back to those older episodes, man, it's like a totally different human was hosting the show. And in many ways, I kind of do feel like a lot has happened to me personally, obviously, but also you can hear it in my voice. So thank you so much. And thank you to all of the guests who have come on the show as well. It is truly a joy to continue to be with you guys as I share what is unfolding in terms of content for the show, guests, my own life and everything. Thank you so much. Today, I am speaking with you guys from Queenstown, New Zealand. I'm here with my friend Amanda Daly, and we're so excited to do kind of a workcation. So we're here exploring in the afternoons and working in the mornings. And today's episode I have for you is about the river. There's five parts to this episode. I've been doing these parts and kind of breaking down the show, so I think it's helpful as far as framework goes. So here are the five parts we're going to talk about with the river and how it relates to your career. Part one is about what is this river you speak of? Part two is my friend's story about goals and the river. Part three will be my three predicted outcomes from flowing with the river in our careers. And part four is which way does the river flow? And part five will be my own experience with the river in my career to give you guys some real case studies and results of seeing what this experience is like when you actually apply it in real life. So now let's go on to the show. Part one. What is this river you speak of? If you've been listening to The Lively Show in the 2017 episode specifically, you'll probably have heard me reference the words Abraham Hicks, flow, alignment, and the river. But let me quickly go over this if this is new for you or just as a recap. So Abraham Hicks is a source of information I love learning from, and they share this story about Esther and Jerry Hicks. So Esther and Jerry are going on a Colorado river rafting ride, and as they're going out to this event, they're going to go to this 20-mile ride, they... Abraham being they, create this analogy around this river rafting. And they kind of say that life is like this river ride. And what people usually do is they say, I want instant manifestations. I want what I want as soon as and as fast as possible. Thank you very much. Which they say is kind of like our equivalent of saying, we want to zoom down in a car and get to the bottom of the river as fast as possible. And then we're going to put in the boat like 500 meters before the end of the river rafting ride because we went instant manifestations. But they say, you know, I thought you came into this world wanting a ride on the river. I thought you came into life saying you wanted to enjoy the journey. You wanted to enjoy the river ride and all of the things that come with that 20 mile ride instead of just taking a car and getting down to the end as fast as possible. Well, this is something that 
I have thought a lot about, especially when it comes to career. And I want to share this from a new perspective based on a situation I had with a friend. And if you want to learn more about what this looks like, does this mean we never take action? No. What they say is that when we take action from this place of thirstiness, when we're trying to do it so that we feel a certain way, when we think that these outcomes that we get, these manifestations are going to make us happy, that thirstiness, that drive to satiate ourselves with the manifestations, that is equivalent to trying to go upstream. So that's like us trying to get our boat upstream to get to where we think we want to go. Because in our society, there's so much talk about hustle and hard work and effort and force in terms of trying to make things happen. And they say everything we want is downstream. Everything you want is in the current of the river. We know the way. We know the cycle of things, they say. But you think in your life experience, what you want is actually up the stream. And so you get as big a boat and as many oars and as much muscle strength as you can to get to where you want to go. But what you're really doing is actually going against the current of the river and where you actually want to experience those manifestations are truly downstream. So basically they say we're kind of oriented as a culture going against the current. And they ask, why is that? Why do we get this obsession with trying to go upstream instead of downstream? And they point out that we see so many statues, so many awards, so many trophies go to people in our society that have taken that approach, that have gone upstream, that have forced and efforted their way to success. And they're never saying that that's not possible, that it's not possible to get what you want. You can, through intense struggle and striving, get to things that you want. However, they say, it is far more powerful and easy to get larger, better results by actually learning how to get alignment before action. So getting into a satiated, good feeling place as if you've already manifested all that stuff you want and then take action. Take action from a place of satiation rather than thirstiness. Now you guys have heard me talk about alignment before and I'll send you to an episode if you're confused about that and you wanna learn more about how this works. Alignment before action is an episode I'd love for you to listen to. It's at jesslively.com slash alignment before action. So you can go hear how I've been doing that for pretty much about the last year, very deliberately, especially in my career. In addition, I've also come from a rational place or a kind of a still transrational with the quantum living episode recently about the work frequency being greater than intensity. So if you wanna learn why in a scientific photoelectric effect, looking at this from an elemental electronic level, the electrons, from that level, the frequency is the greater leverage point than the intensity in our atoms, the ways that the electrons function. And I believe this is also something that functions in our own lives in the same way. So if you wanna hear more about that, you can head over to jesslively.com work frequency to listen to that episode. But all of this is to say that Abraham talks about this river and everything we want is actually downstream. And it's when we're trying to effort our way to get downstream as fast as possible, or if we think it's upstream is where we want to go, whenever we're taking action that's thirsty, that's not in alignment, 
those actions end up turning our boats and going against the current away from what we want. And what we need to do instead is just drop the oars, stop trying so hard, let us have the river naturally turn the boat into the direction of facing downstream and flow us to what we want. Now, that isn't to say we never take action, we just sit on our couch all day. That's not necessarily the point. The point is to get into alignment first. And once you're there, once you're feeling good, you're no longer thirsty for the things you don't have, but you're okay with not having them yet, and you're happily not having them yet, then the actions you feel called to take will be so much more effective. So let's move on to part two now. This is where I shared this story of the river with a friend that actually has become why I'm sharing this again here on the show. So my friend, this happened in January, in the beginning of 2017. We were having a fun call, talking with each other about our businesses and lives. And she was saying that she was starting to already feel overwhelmed with the timeframes and the calendar she'd set forth for her business. Now she runs her own business. She's a coach for other business owners. And as we were talking about this calendar and stuff, I had this visual in my head trying to marry what she was doing with her calendars to this river rafting analogy that Abraham Hicks talks a lot about. And what's interesting is if you think about it, how does a calendar have anything to do with a river? If you think about this and you get into this idea that the river rafting ride analogy is true, if you're able to get onto that and you're able to believe that our life is this very, very, very long river, and by actually getting to the very end of that river, all we're really doing is zooming our way to the end of our lives, where are the calendar points on this? As I was talking to her, what I had the vision of as I was speaking to my friend was that there's this river and she's kind of put these little banners above different points on the river and she's kind of laid out her calendar and said, you know, well, this is the point I want to get to. This is the checkpoint on the river I want to get to by April. And then she has stuff that she wants to get to by June and October, etc. And she just kind of creates these arbitrary little banners along the river line. And she said, I got to, you know, get down to this point in the river by this date. That's what calendar planning really is all about, is trying to zoom our way down to that exact spot on the river at that exact time in our lives. And my God, do I know about that from marathon training. I was so perfectionistic about marathon training when I was younger, so much so that I actually couldn't even run the races because I was too intimidated by the idea that I may not get exactly a four hour and 20 minute marathon. And for those who have ever run marathons, it is very hard to predict exactly what your time will be because there's so many different variables in 26.2 miles. But let's go back to her story here. So as I'm thinking about these timelines she set forth for herself, I'm actually realizing these are arbitrary. Like who said that that point in the river needs to be April? And who says that that next point needs to be June, etc.? These deadlines don't really make sense in the context of a river. What if she instead just dropped the obsession? I wouldn't say that she can't have some order and some guidelines for herself, but she was really stressing out because she was really trying to execute within these exact dates. And now you may also not have the flexibility or freedom to set the deadlines that you have in your career. Maybe you have a situation that's not exactly the same for this. So you don't have the flexibility to just move things around. Well, in that case, I would ask you to find your intuition's truth and knowing about this and how this could apply, because I think this is mostly mindset. And I think this shift there will amplify anything on the physical realm. 
So if you physically have restrictions from your career and these external ways, finding the internal flow and the internal alignment still within your circumstances is going to be the greatest relief and the greatest point of power for you. So just write to your intuition if this is feeling a little bit weird. But with this friend, let's go back to her. So I was telling her, you know, you just have these arbitrary lines you want to do this year, but let's think about this career. It's a really, really long river. You know, this friend is, I think she's in her young 30s. So she may be, you know, working for the next 20, 30, 50, 70 years of her life, depending on her finances and her goals and what she actually wants to accomplish in her life or how long she wants to work. She could be doing this for a very long time. So that river is super long. And I think we get so fixated on these calendar years that we are stressing ourselves out far more than necessary. So here's what I told her was my three predictions. If she was able to look at this river from a holistic perspective and she was able to find alignment before action, this is part three. My predictions were that one of three things would happen. My three predicted outcomes that come with flowing with the river. Number one, in our careers, if our main goal for our careers is just financial abundance alone, and it's just about giving ourselves the resources we want for our lives overall, well, if that's it, Perhaps the money we seek will come to us quicker by riding in the river and by getting into alignment. So we may get to the outcome of whatever ideal number amount of money we want to have a few years sooner because we're following with the flow of the river instead of going upstream and instead of going against the current. So one thing is we could just execute faster and more fluidly and get to the financial abundance we want easier if we flow with the river. So that's one predicted outcome. Number two is that if it's not necessarily just about getting to a specific financial place in our lives, but it's really just for us, it's not just about that. It's also that we really love our work and we love the impact we're making. So we want to keep doing it. Then maybe the river will be the same length either way, whether we're trying to put all these calendar dates on it or not. However, if we're really finding alignment instead of these calendar dates to drive our actions, we may enjoy those years and that ride on the river so much more than if we were constantly striving to keep up with a pace that we arbitrarily decided and was disconnected from our emotional well-being. Because if you think about it, we're planning these things years in advance and we're deciding what our alignment's gonna be on March 31st, on April 22nd, on October 3rd. To think that we're gonna know what our alignment, what our present moment intuition is telling us to do in those moments on January 1st, far before we've actually reached those moments, I think is a great way to get us out of alignment and out of presence. So if we were really tied to our alignment before action in every moment of the year and all of the years to come in the entire river ride that is our career, we could enjoy our work so much more and have so much more spontaneity and fun and ease in those years. And part three, my other predicted and or outcome is that either way, whether we're just looking for the money or we're just wanting to enjoy the river ride a little longer and have so much fun as we do it, I think that when we find this alignment first, we're going to drop the to-do items that aren't really aligned or important to us in the first place. 
So yes, we may do less. By finding alignment, we may drop some of the stuff that we set out to do at the beginning of the year, which sounded great, but was really truly just a shiny penny and not that important to our intuition or alignment at all. So I do think by doing this, we'll go a little slower potentially, we'll have much more ease and flow. We may have better results as well in terms of outcomes, and we'll drop the stuff that's really not that important in the first place. So in any of these scenarios, we're going to enjoy our lives more, we're going to enjoy our work more, and we're flowing with the river instead of against it. Which brings me to part four. Which way does the river flow? This is something I am finding myself this week thinking about more and more. What way do you think the river is flowing? Now, we know the river flows downstream, but when I think in my head, I know this is true, and I know that I believe what Abraham is saying is true, that everything we want is downstream, but if I had to draw an arrow with my mental point of view and orientation of a river, I will tell you, even though I know it's all downstream, everything I want is downstream, the flow is downstream, I've been doing this for a year, my head, and I think it's more my ego, because logic wouldn't even really point this out to be true, my head still has a arrow pointing upstream. Like I still think that getting further and going into the future means I go up the stream, I go against the current. But the truth is the start of the stream, point zero of the stream, if you're looking at this in a timeline, the timeline goes from the start of the river down the river to the end into the ocean, right? So it goes downstream the arrow actually points with the current, but in my head, I have the orientation that I need to think of the river as like newness is upstream. What I want is upstream. I can tell that I still have society's point of view and perspective on achievement because I keep thinking that the stuff I want is up the stream, even though I know it's not. It's so weird. I'd love for you to see in your own head, check in with yourself. Are you feeling this way too? If so, I just wanna bring it to light. I just wanna highlight how tempting it is, even though we can hear this, even though we can know that rivers flow downstream and that the start of a river and the end of a river are at two different ends, I am finding that I have a mental orientation that makes me think I'm trying to strive to get up to the top of the stream instead of to the bottom where the ocean connects to the river. That is so weird, but it is there. And I just wanted to point it out in case someone else as well is out there that is like, yes, 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 but they still notice they have this upstream orientation. Because if you do, I think it's something to be aware of so that you can adjust and adapt and keep tweaking your head to recognizing, no, new is downstream. More exciting expansion is downstream, not upstream. Now you may be asking yourself, Jess, can I just put a motor on my boat and zoom downstream as fast as possible? That is actually what Abraham says is the equivalent of turning and going upstream. So the minute you try to affect, you try to force with the thirstiness, with the fact that you're not aligned, with your trying to seek the satiation that comes from getting down the river as fast as possible instead of enjoying this moment in the river and this moment in the river and this thing in the river. Instead of enjoying it, if you're trying to get faster to some next place, 
that is the equivalent of turning your boat and going upstream against the river. That's when you're thirsty. That's when you're out of alignment. So when you're trying to get to that next thing because you think it will make you feel better, that's the opposite of the law of attraction. That's when you're getting more of the thirstiness instead of more of the things that you actually want. So keep this in mind. Remind yourself, what way am I thinking I'm trying to go in the river? What is the point of view and the perspective of where I want to be? Often I find I know mentally it's downstream, but I still have a construct unconsciously that is embedded in me that thinks it's upstream. So just something that I'm bringing awareness to. Now for part five. This is some of my own experiences with the river because it's easy for me to tell this to my friend or tell you this is what Abraham said. But it's different for you guys to go, all right, but where's the proof that this works? Now, I don't have a ton of data, right? Because I haven't been doing this with a ton of people for a very long time to give you 75 different case studies. However, I can give you my own personal case studies of how I've been doing this in the past year or so, and hopefully that will be useful. The results I can tell you right at the start have been amazing. Alignment before action by finding that flow. My business has almost doubled in revenue. I've spent as much time as possible finding the alignment first and then taking action. So when possible, I love it to be an 80-20 split of alignments 80% of the time and 20% is on action. Now, people ask me, what does that look like? For me, it's whatever makes me feel really, really great and aligned, whatever helps my emotional frequency. Now, at nighttime, that might be doing things that involve spending time with other people, exploring areas where I'm at, or watching things like the Gilmore Girls or fun science videos. But during the daytime, what gets me really into alignment during a workday often has been a lot of times just researching and studying things around these subjects. So that just is happening to be what gets me into alignment. And it's really cool because the research doesn't seem to be a direct correlation, but it ultimately does influence all of the work that I teach here and in my classes. So it's kind of beautiful that when you really find what lights you up, often it's still in the flow of everything you want as well. So it's definitely still in my stream. It's not totally disconnected from what I'm doing. It just doesn't have a direct connection to a bottom line in any way. So when I say that the 20% or 40% of action, that's what I'm talking about emails, that's what I'm talking about actually recording episodes or coaching. So that kind of stuff is the 20 to 40% of action I take after I spent all my time feeling as great as I can feel, which often, like I said, during work days tends to come from reading and researching and learning things that ultimately will affect great things here on the show. In addition, I've also enjoyed my work. I've never enjoyed my work than when I've had less routine and flow flow, flow, flow with my work. It's been amazing. And also people have resonated with this work more at a deeper level than ever before. And last but not least, this is very important. I've done less stuff and I do things at a slower pace. So as I was saying to my friend, you know, this is a really long river ride. What if we just enjoy the river and find that alignment? What I have found is I do less stuff. I get less done per year so far. That isn't to say every year will be like that. I actually think this year I will have a created more new things, but I'm still doing it in the flow. And I do things at a slower pace than my planning side, my rational brain would have chosen. So now let's get a little bit more specific. What have I actually done with this flow? How have I actually slowed things instead of having hard deadlines? 
One is the book Letters to My Intuition has been pushed back many times given other projects and their kind of alignment in the time. The Letters to My Intuition has not been the thing that has been the alignment yet. So that has been continued to get pushed aside as other things have come up. During Flow with Intention and Life with Intention online, I did not answer 95% of my emails. I fully focused on the coaching for those classes and the creation of the content for those classes for about the last four weeks. When it comes to the coaching, because I was here in Australia, I think I had more energy physically because of the time being between noon and the afternoon time when I was coaching instead of evening time in the US or in the middle of the night like I coached in Europe. I actually had Flo bring me to four to five hours of coaching per day for the classes. This is far more than I anticipated coaching. I told people that I would be coaching for one hour in life with intention and two hours and flow with intention per day, but doing four to five hours is far more content than they expected, but it flowed. I just loved it. I was finding alignment with it and that worked for me in that season. In addition, the alignment practices, like I mentioned earlier, have flowed me to some amazing teachings that have influenced the show and the classes as well. The responses from Flow and Life with Intention members has been incredible, not because of the pure number of hours that they've gotten of content and coaching, but also just knowing that all of this alignment and all of this energy that's been going towards those classes has not been diverted to things that are not high priorities like non-urgent email. And to be honest, I have found in this month, 95% of my email is non-urgent. If you've sent an email to me, I'm sorry I haven't gotten to it. I am fully focused on the 100% priority, which has been those classes. And if you think about it, my business is based on the impact that I am making with the show and with the students in the class. So for me to be fully focused there for those four weeks, that is the most important and powerful thing that I possibly could do. Instead of diverting energy away to things that are non-urgent but seemingly important, like non-urgent email, was actually going upstream for me. So I simply chose not to do it. Now that that has passed, of course, I'm now going through that non-urgent email and starting to answer things. And I have faith that things, even in those emails, will be fine as they flow at the slower pace and that all will work out in my favor. Which brings me to a really interesting insight. Flow has become the greatest super stealthy secret marketer of all time. The things that I've done based on flow sometimes make me think this is if I was to think of it from a business perspective, a quote unquote, not very smart or stupid marketing technique, I wouldn't think that classical business techniques would advise me to do the things I've done based on the flow that I found. However, once I look back on these things, I'm like, oh my gosh, well, of course this would work out. I just had no ability to see how true this other more almost advanced marketing technique, if you will, or business technique is actually at play. So one of the examples is when I did all of the solo episodes last summer or even now, before that, up until that point, I was doing most of my episodes with guests and shows with guests people loved. They love, love, love them. They got the most downloads. People love sharing them. The guests themselves would share them, which would help the show get to a greater audience, etc. So going to all solo shows, because that's where I had alignment and flow last year, sounded like a stupid marketing technique. Basically, stop giving people what they want. Not many business people would tell you to do that. However, that's what my flow was, and that's what I did. And as a result of that, those that kept listening, which was most people, by the way, I kept listening, 
got to know me as a coach, teacher, and person instead of just as an interviewer. So when the classes launched that fall, they wanted to work with me more than had they just listened to me asking questions to guests. So the result was more members than ever signed up for Life with Intention Online. So that was the super secret stealthy marketing plan. It didn't seem right, like give people not what they want. They want the guests in the interviews. They love those the most, and you're not going to give them that. But at the same time, those that really love the solo shows got to know me deeper and wanted to join the class. So that ended up actually being a really smart business move. By the way, totally unrelated. You don't even need a business degree. If you're actually following your flow, this is just happening for you. You don't have to think about this stuff so much. It's beautiful, even though I have my business degree and I've done my business for so long, it's so beautiful to realize I don't have to think in those strategic ways to have these incredible strategies unfold in my favor. Flow and alignment does that. And I know so many egos and so many rational minds might be tweaking when I say that, but I'm gonna keep going in terms of other examples as well. Making the shift to my true passion here. Talking with you guys in 2017 about the transrational stuff, the woo-woo stuff, the Abraham Hicks, the quantum mechanics for the show. My initial thought was, this is a really weird topic. Most people that listen to this stuff are not necessarily in this core audience that I've had, which, you know, the show's been a long show. So there's definitely seasons of this show and listeners to this show and other points that may not be resonating with this material. And this is not necessarily stuff you'd hear on other shows that people might say are similar to my show before this turning point where I started talking about this stuff. So up until this point in 2017, this was kind of a weird fringe topic that did not seem to be something that I would say would be what a business person would advise me to do. But the truth was, as I shared in my Things That I'm Afraid to Tell You episode, this is what I'm obsessed with. This is what I really want to talk about. This is what I spend all my time in. So even if people don't love it, this is where I'm at and I'm going to have the courage to just share it instead of hiding it. Well, as a result of that, tons of people have told me that they're resonating with this counterculture perspective. So the fact that it's different from other shows that they're listening to is wonderful. And they appreciate that I'm bringing this content to them in a way that is fresh and that they can relate to. So the result has actually been more downloads than ever when I've gotten down to this super niche thing that I thought was the most weird topic that I could possibly talk about. The result has been more downloads than ever because no one else is offering this point of view. Not to say no one, but you know, no one that I can think of that's coming from my exact same like voice and perspective, I guess. There's many wonderful teachers out there that I'm learning from, including myself, but they're not necessarily coming from a young 30-something that has a business, that has all of the things that I'm bringing to you, and that's bringing it to you in the ways and point of view. So that is inherently unique. So even though I thought it was weird, it actually turns out to be really powerful for those that are resonating. And now last but not least, this one is too soon to tell in terms of the actual result. I can't tell you there's more downloads or more people in the classes or any of that stuff yet, but waiting to release the book. I do wanna release the book, but like I said, I'm not willing to do it out of flow or out of alignment. And one of the things I'm starting to realize as this is continuing to be quote unquote pushed down the river or just not happening as soon as I had set out to do it when my calendar plans before, 
One thing I've noticed is A, the audience is bigger than ever before. So when I do launch this book, even more people will be aware of it than had I released it earlier. And number two is the subject of intuition in general. I've been talking about it for seven years. So I have seen this subject go from crickets as I try to talk about this to now realizing that more people than ever before are interested in learning about this subject. So I have a feeling that by the time this actually gets released, hopefully in the first part of this year, we'll see how it flows. This is actually gonna be the perfect time to release this. So I have a feeling the results by waiting all of this time is actually in perfect flow and alignment, but I don't know yet. So this is one that we're gonna have to see how it plays out. So remember, I was not seeking the outcomes of more downloads. I was not seeking the outcomes of more people in the class. And I don't even know the outcome of what the book will be. I have been at every point as much as I possibly can seeking the alignment and finding the flow in action. These are simply the outcomes that are the results of that flow. These are the results of going downstream instead of putting a motor on my boat and trying to go upstream. So what I'm finding out personally is that everything I truly want is downstream, but what I really most want is that flow and alignment. So I have it at every moment before, during, and after those specific outcomes. For yourself, this is gonna be up for you to try. As always, try writing to your intuition about the topics and see how this resonates and applies for you. Maybe it does, maybe it doesn't. Maybe you'll do it in a different way. All of that is beautiful and wonderful. Writing to your intuition is always your own answer for yourself that you are most seeking. There is no right, there is no wrong. There is no way to ever get this all done. It's a very long river. It's simply a stream that's here for us to enjoy with all of the presence and excitement we have available to us in the present moment. And there you have it, guys. I hope this helps you think about your career in a new way that hopefully releases some of that tension you may be feeling in the first quarter of 2017. And if you created this long laundry list of things you wanted to do this year, what if instead of putting them onto the calendar and saying they have to be done by this time, you focus on the alignment and the action and you have an order? If you're wondering, Jess, how do you plan out the projects you have? I do have an order of things I believe I would like to release. However, there are no set in stone deadlines. In fact, I used to think that I actually had deadlines for the Lively Show and my class that I do twice a year. So even though everything else seems very flexible, like the book and some other projects I have, those actually do have regular deadlines. But even those I've realized are not set in stone to the point where I will not move them for a greater flow and impact. And one of them was this week, I want to share this little story before I wrap up as an example of this, is the show. This was a huge aha moment for me. Last week's episode aired, I think on Friday afternoon for you guys, instead of Thursday at 1 a.m. as it usually does. Well, I typically like to air these very regularly and very consistently for you. That's typically how I love to do things. I like to have that out there for you. It means a lot to me. However, last week I was not having alignment. I was very tired and emotionally and mentally exhausted from the four weeks of class, I think, and just 
kind of where I was at. I was just kind of in a phase of out of alignmentness, and I didn't want to do the show. But I also had these deadlines to get the show to Joe for production, and it didn't happen. And I felt bad about it. My ego was making me feel terrible that I wasn't getting it done on time. And I have these sponsors that I've set up. You know, they want their shows for this Thursday, etc. So I felt all of this pressure internally, not from my intuition, but purely from my ego, until I got a letter at the meetup in Melbourne. So I got a beautiful little letter from someone that came to the meetup. She shared it in a card and I read it the next day. So I read it on Thursday when the show technically should have been done and aired (laughs) and ready for you. It wasn't. And I was feeling bad about it until I read this letter. It was a really powerful letter from a girl who said that she had contracted, I think it was something along the lines of fibromyalgia. And she suddenly went from being a very active, very healthy person to not being able to get out of her bed for weeks at a time. And she was like debilitated and restricted to her parents' house for weeks or months at a time. Her brain was so on fire with whatever she had contracted or whatever was going on with her body that she couldn't even read in bed. So she listened to the show as one of the things that helped her mentally leave her room and feel happy while she was there. And it was a beautiful letter. And I get a lot of letters and emails and I appreciate them all. However, my ego doesn't really attach to them. So a lot of times they're beautiful, but they just kind of flow through my experience. They don't really sink deep. But this one, to think about that powerful visual of this person whose brain feels like it's on fire and the show is something that mentally transported her out of her current experience to something that brought her more joy and alignment really, really, really touched me. And what I realized and then thinking about every other letter I've ever received is that no one has ever said, thank you so much for always unendingly getting the show up at 1 a.m. on Thursday. In fact, even the sponsors that I felt bad about, oh, you know, it's going up on Friday instead of Thursday, they're actually not wanting me to air on Thursday as much as they're wanting this to go to a larger reach. They want this to go to as many people as possible. And I know that the letters that I'm getting and even the reach those sponsors are hoping for, that's all coming from the alignment. It's not coming from the date and the exact time. For me to give myself some permission to be human and find the alignment and not look at the deadline as a reason to compromise my ability to create the best show possible just for the deadline's sake was super powerful. So again, this may not apply to your situation necessarily, or maybe it does. Maybe it does. Maybe you're realizing for yourself, what am I really trying to accomplish here? A certain calendar date or an actual impact on my clients, customers, or students or listeners, whatever it might be for you. It's really interesting to really go deeply into it. Is it so much about the deadline or is it truly about the impact? And if so, how can we be more impact focused and oriented? For me, that is alignment and flow. For you, it might be something different. Either way, it's something to consider. Which is the most important? Which is the thing we're most deeply trying to do? Now, am I trying to say we should be perfect at this and never release things? No. But should we find alignment in the given moment, given our current circumstances? Yes. So that's my big idea for you here. I hope this helps you to feel a little more fluid about the very, very long river that is our lives and our careers. If you want to find me on Instagram, Snapchat, or Twitter, you can find me at Jess C as in cruising down the river lively. And for show notes for this episode, hop over to JessLively.com slash long river. Before I share where I'm headed to next on my trip, let's talk with Catherine of CatherineEliseStudio.com about her experience with today's sponsor, squarespace.com. 
Catherine, thank you for coming on the show and talking with us today. Thanks so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Tell us a little bit about yourself. So I am the owner of Catherine Elise Studio, which is a boutique studio that offers public relations, events, and social media services for lifestyle brands. I'm a creative consultant, and I have been doing this for about two and a half years, but just went full-time with my business in January of 2015. Congratulations. How's it going? Thanks. It's going so well. That's awesome. Okay. So tell us about your site, Catherine Elise Studio. What's it specifically about, and how did you get started with the site? I'm really passionate about helping brands find creative perspective, and I've always loved working in the public relations field and have previously been in an agency setting, but I had this burning desire to really share my experiences with other smaller brands and entrepreneurs like myself. And so that's what really drove me to launch my business. When I was wanting to launch this company, I was really debating back and forth because I wanted to also share information with a blog, but also have a very professional website. So I was like, how do I pair both of these together? And that's really where I came to when I found Squarespace because I was so excited that it was a blog platform, but at the same time had a very professional and modern feel. How did you get your site to look so amazing and how can others make their sites look just as amazing? I actually use Squarespace trial period, which is two weeks, which is really incredible. I don't know of any other companies that are doing that. So I could really log in and get a feel for the functionality of Squarespace, test out the different templates before I went and made that investment, which was huge for me. Being a small business owner, I didn't have a lot of capital to invest in something like a website or a graphic designer off the bat. So I played around with a lot of the different templates that they offered, and I actually found one that was designed for a restaurant, but I really liked the look and feel of it and how it had so many different cool options, a lot of spaces for images. I probably designed my website over the course of five or six days because I was so excited about it and how easy it was to use. As far as the look and feel, branding is one of the services I offer, so I have a pretty good background and what a brand should look like when they're developing their website. But I don't have the design skills that a graphic designer would have. I mean, very, very basic high level knowledge. And so I use stock photography from a local business owner that I'm friends with. And I also did a branding photo shoot. And that was the bulk of what made my website me was making sure the colors were all cohesive. And then I had great photos and then the content and the messages to back it up. That's a really great insight for anyone that's really starting a site. I can't believe you got to get your site up in five or six days through Squarespace. Yeah, I I was just really eager. I didn't realize I was going to enjoy the process as much as I did, but it's so easy to move things around. And I was just really excited about it and wanted to get it up. What do you love about Squarespace the most? What I love the most about it is that the templates are very beautiful. They're very modern. They have so many options, but at the same time, you can customize them so easily that it doesn't feel like you have the same website as every other person out there, especially within my industry. There are so many different public relations firms and creative consultants that potential clients could choose from. And I wanted my website to really stand out. Having flexibility, especially as my business grows and the different services I offer change, Being able to go in and make those tweaks whenever I wanted was so exciting to me. Where can people find you? You can find me at www.catherineleastudio.com. I'm also on Instagram at Studio. 
Thank you. And for everyone listening, as she mentioned, there is a 14-day trial period that is totally free. So if you also want to try that and get 10% off when you decide, if you decide to sign on with Squarespace going forward, you can get 10% off by going to squarespace.com slash lively and entering the code lively at checkout to get that 10% off. Catherine, thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing with us. Your site is awesome. Thank you so much for having me. And now for a sneak peek. Next week, I am going to Sydney very quickly, and then I am headed off to a new chapter of this journey. This is Southeast Asia I'm headed to next. I cannot wait to share where that will be. But until then, may something wonderful happen to you today. Today. 